It's the Americhicks with Kim Munson. The most important stories. An early childhood taxing district. What on earth is that? The latest in politics and world affairs. I don't think that we should be passing legislation that is so complicated that people kind of throw up their hands and say, oh, I can't understand it. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. It is not fair that just because you're a big business that you get a break on this and the little guy doesn't. It's the Americhicks dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. And so they make deal, and they typically make deals with the big guys. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. I am Kim Munson. I am thrilled we're going to have some important conversations today. In studio with me is Rick Turnquest. Rick, it's great to have you here again. Good morning, Kim. It's glad, uh, great to be here as well. We'll be talking about your most recent piece that we published yesterday, uh, and it is already getting a great... Um, traction, I would say. Uh, and so you can go to com and you can see that. And uh, it's highlighted in Complete Colorado. So yes, congratulations. Yes, I appreciate their, uh, their putting it on their site and, and uh, the recognition that comes with that. And the fact of the matter is that, um, you know, I believe this is an important piece because we look at the moral underpinnings of life on earth and how that relates to uh, uh, people who acquire wealth and also how that wealth can be impaired by uh, taxation. Well, you know, and Rick, there's really uh, two ways to create wealth. You take it from somebody else or you create something that people willingly trade their hard-earned dollars for because they believe it's going that product or that service is going to make their life better. An example, uh, Steve Jobs became very, very wealthy because he invented the, hi- the iPhone. And people said, I will spend my money on that because I believe it makes my life better. And that's a great way to create wealth. But we see taxation, public policy uh, of ways to take people's wealth. And it's not that different than uh, sticking a gun in somebody's gut and saying, give me your money. That's exactly right. And in fact, you know, when you think about how easy it is, you know, cast your mind back to 20 years ago when for a Friday night entertainment, you had to go to Blockbuster Video and rent a video. So you had to get in your car, you had to drive there, you had to walk around, pick out the movie you wanted to watch stand in a line to get it to check it out and uh, I remember that yeah yeah and uh, and get home you know that was probably what an hour of your mm-hmm. hour of your time and the cost of the gas and whatnot and now you decide oh I want to watch this movie and I and you can just go on a website called Amazon and you can click on a couple links and next thing you know you're sitting in front of your TV watching that movie and so Jeff Bezos has created a company that adds hours to everybody's lives because of the increased product uh, productivity and convenience. And so he has created value. And he's and gotten fabulously wealthy. As well he should. And the fact is that his the amount of his fortune is only a fraction of the value that he's created through that company called Amazon.com. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about that in segments uh, three and four. And you had based this initially on a book by Art Laffer and Stephen Moore and and a couple of other guys. And so because of that, you know, we always have a, a quote. Before we do that, though, I have some housekeeping things that I would like to do. First and foremost, I am headed up to Grand Lake here a little bit later today. I get to emcee the main event tomorrow with Kevin Sorbo. And uh, so come on up. It is going to be a beautiful weekend. It is Grand Lake U.S. Constitution Week. They have been celebrating the Constitution all week, September 17th is the day in 1787 that it was signed, and it is fabulous what they do. And, you know, speaking of, of time, 
So many volunteers, Tom Goodfellow and his whole team up there, because they believe in the American idea, they actually are volunteering their time to make this happen. So thank you to Tom Goodfellow and the people of Grand Lake, because uh, this Constitution is worth protecting. So I'm headed up there to do that. That's going to be great. And uh, then also want to say thank you to a new sponsor, Lauren Levy with Polygon Financial. He is a, a mortgage expert. He's also an expert in reverse mortgages, and he has a nuts and bolts workshop next Thursday evening, 630, uh, and next Saturday at 10 o'clock out at the Pace Center in Parker. And uh, reverse mortgages can be an important tool for some people. You have to be 62 or older, and it is really important to understand all the nuances of reverse mortgages, and Lauren Levy is a specialist in that, and so he can help you with that. And then Rick, this next week is Vino and Veritas week. So Monday night at Water's Edge Winery, Jen Hewland does a great job over there. That is our inaugural, our first Vino and Veritas. And you're a member of that? Yes, charter member and glad to be so. You know, uh, the Vino and Veritas is such a great uh, thing because we get to see the in, we get to really dig into the, uh, the thought and processes behind the writings of the authors of the Federalist Papers. And, and it's a really shining a deep, deep dive into the uh to the process and the thoughts behind the founding of our nation and our constitution. And, you know, you mentioned the Constitution Week in Grand Lake. I think that's a great thing. And the Constitution is something to be celebrated because it's a document that's intended to uh, enshrine our, our inalienable rights and to create a government that's limited in scope. And we've gotten so far from what the founders intended that we need to not only you know, study and preserve the Constitution, but we need to get back to the government that they created. Well, that is for sure. And so, and, and the Federalist Papers were written by Alexander Hamilton, John Jay, and James Madison to make the case for ratification of the Constitution. And I am learning so much about that. So that's Monday night at Waters Edge Winery. Tuesday night will be the one up in Fort Collins at Ginger and Baker. <clears throat> and then the one next Sunday, I think that's the 29th, I think, Yes. Uh, in Castle Rock, if you happen to have missed it and you're one of the members of the other ones, you have to sign up. They're each separate. Uh, but Dr. Cranawitter is going to be going through the uh, slavery and what the Constitution looked like or said about slavery and what the founders were thinking about slavery. It is a powerful, powerful presentation. And, uh, and actually, anyone can sign up for this. So go to my website, americhicks.com. And when he made the presentation at Water's Edge Winery, he did not sugarcoat it, Rick. He talked about, you know, what was really going on. But we have to remember, slavery was foisted upon the Americans. It wasn't something that they created. Slavery was something that was throughout the world. And uh, so he, he talks about that, and then he talks about what the Americans did about it. And Christy Whaley came up to me afterwards, and she said, I have fallen in love with America all over again. So I would highly recommend that uh, Sunday, the 29th, that you be at the Castle Rock at the Colorado, uh, let's see, it's Colorado Cork and Keg in uh, Castle Rock uh, for this amazing presentation regarding slavery uh, from Dr. Cranowitter in the Federalist Papers. So again, go to my website, americhicks.com. You can sign up there. Let's see. Is that everything that I wanted to make sure that you guys know? For sure. Okay. Next thing, you know, this doesn't just happen. We have an amazing team, producer Steve, Zach, Patty, uh, Keith and Charlie make this uh, this whole thing happen. So thank you to each of you. And thank you. To, oh, look at Steve. He just looks so humble. <laughs> you look so humble there, Steve. 
producer Steve needs to keep his mouth shut this morning because he's thinking of something very snarky. And if I really do some commentary on it, you'll probably take away my microphone. So let's move on. <laughs> okay. Well, in that case, we will move oh, on. Yeah. And I said, you know, it, what, something oh. <laughs> Rick just said regarding Bezos' creation, blah, blah, blah. And it gives us more free time. And I immediately went to something I read yesterday on Facebook, posted by MRC TV, which is a very mm -hmm. good, you know, conservative mm -hmm. group. And the story was about something that just happened up in Fort Collins, and I guess the Fort Collins City Council has now been moved to determine that it's okay for 11-year-old girls to walk around without a top on because of this movement. I won't give them the, I won't give them the courtesy of their name, and something that I guess they exerted some pressure on the, the city council. But I can. You talk about getting more free time, and I'm thinking, what are we doing with it? You know, that is so interesting that you, you would say that. So this is snarky, but, and you probably didn't want to go there, but right, as soon as it says, Rick said, uh, and this great stuff gives us more free time, it's like certain people are doing some really weird things with their free time. You know, my dad always said to me that you will fill your time up with something. You need to make sure that you fill your time up with doing things that are constructive industrious. Uh, and so what has happened as we've gotten more and more free time is people many times may make choices, kind of lazy choices. I mean, just sitting in front of the TV and watching some mindless uh, program, you know, every once in a while, that's fine. But we, we see the effects of that. People don't even know the Constitution these days. And so we need to be less lazy and get to know uh, you know, we need to read some serious books. We need to get our brains around this American idea because we need to protect it. Right here in uh, in our metropolitan area, this whole thing that's going on with the ICE facility yes. is absolutely astonishing. And in the next seg segment, we'll be talking with uh, Francoise Bergen, who is a city councilwoman out in Aurora about what is going on. But the disrespecting of our police officers, the 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 anarchy to go to someone's home, and uh, and what that does to their neighbors. I mean, this is really really scary. It's terrorism. It is, they're, yeah, they're Rick, trying it is. To, they're trying to intimidate the the uh, warden of that facility and his family. And I don't know if he has kids or not, but uh, you know, I know that people went to Senator Cory Gardner's home and and uh, in an attempt to intimidate his wife. And and I believe he has small children. So it's you know there may not be any actual violence involved but it's still intended to intimidate and it's still terrorism and you know what it takes uh, it takes really steel nerves to stand against this kind of stuff and uh and so this is not okay so we'll talk with francoise about that um and then i, I thank you to you listeners uh and um i'm just a little bit behind on emails but i'm getting caught up on those but if you have anything that you want uh want to talk to me about go ahead and email me kim at americhicks.com and uh, I appreciate each of you. You're treasured, you're valued, and you have a, you have a responsibility today to, to go out and do your very best and strive for excellence. So since Rick is in studio today, I thought I would go to Arthur Laffer for our quotes. So this is Arthur Laffer, as many of you know, is an American economist. He's an author who first gained prominence during the Reagan administration as a member of Reagan's Economic Policy Advisory Board. Laffer is best known for the Laffer Curve, an illustration of the concept that there exists some tax rate. And, and Rick, when we talk about taxes, I think we all agree that we do need to pay some taxes for basic government services. But we're way off. <laughs> we're way beyond that. So I believe that it's legitimate to 
to collect taxes from people to fund legitimate government functions. And those functions are the protection of life, liberty, and property. There you go. And so Arthur Laffer said that there exists a some tax rate between 0 and 100% that will result in a maximum tax revenue for government. So this is his quote. He says, when you look at the world, everyone in the world who cares about his or her family wants to have a major portion of their assets in the United States because we are the growth country and the freedom-loving country. I thought you might like that, Steve. Er, I, 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 well, I knew Steve might like it. I thought you might like it, Rick, too. That's a great quote. And uh, I don't know when he said this, but uh, the fact of the matter is in the Freedom Index, the United States is uh, not even in the top we're ten slipping. right now. And, and we're slipping. So. Uh, the country is clearly heading in the wrong direction, and uh, I believe the state of Colorado is heading in the wrong direction. And I, I know that uh, you know in this book that we're going to talk about, uh, the authors contrast the economic performance of California versus Texas, and the results are stunning. In every respect, Texas far outperforms California, and yet it's the direction of California that Colorado Democrats want to take us in. Right, and so that's why we do this show, is because we have a a country and a state to protect and get our brains around these issues. Uh, But a little levity here before we go to break and talk to Francoise. Okay, Steve, you ready? Okay. A little boy badly wanted $100 and prayed for two weeks, but nothing happened. Then he decided that he would write a letter to God requesting the $100. Well, when the postal authorities received the letter addressed to God, USA, they decided to send it to the president. The president was so impressed, touched, and amused that he instructed his secretary to send the little boy a $5 bill, as that would appear to be a lot of money to a little guy. Well, the little boy was delighted with the $5 and sat down to write a thank you note to God. It said, Dear God, thank you very much for sending me the money. However, I noticed that for some reason you had to send it through Washington, D.C. first. And as usual, those jerks deducted 95 bucks. <laughs> okay, we're going to go to break. When we come back, Francoise Bergen, Aurora City Councilwoman, with what's going on out in Aurora. We'll be right back. At Hooters, you can watch the games with all your buddies. And when your buddies are the world-famous Hooters girls, there's always plenty of ice-cold beer and those craveable wings that'll knock your taste buds into next Tuesday. Hooters girls know plenty about football, but we really know the fans who live for it. So hang out with all your buddies all season long at Hooters, your official hangout for game day. Catch all the games at Hooters and enjoy a butter Bud Light draft with 10 boneless wings, just $10. Dine for two with the pitcher and nachos, just $20. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. All Americhicks sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the Americhicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Americhicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at Americhicks.com. That's Americhicks.com. Welcome back. I am Kim Munson, and let's have a conversation. I'm, I have in studio with me Rick Turnquist 
Segments three and four, we'll talk with you about your important piece that is published in Americhicks.com this morning regarding, regarding taxes and wealth. Uh, but on the line is Francoise Bergen. She is an Aurora City Councilwoman and uh, wanted to talk with her about what is going on out there. There's this ICE facility. There's been protest, uh, uh, Francoise, uh, and disrespecting our, our police officers as well. So, Francoise, welcome to the show. Thank you, Cam. I appreciate being on the show. So, what's your take on what's going on out there, Francoise? Well, you know, we, we already had um, a protest, oh gosh, probably about a month ago at the GEO facility um, where, where um, a flag was taken down. And so, uh, another protest was planned, and unfortunately, this was a protest planned by um, a lot of different groups to, to go into an actual neighborhood that is in my area, in my ward, um, and and not only uh, protest, but they were going to confront the warden of the geo um, facility that's in Aurora. So he lives in this neighborhood, him and his family, and um, that's what. So last night was the protest, and they had I think a little over a hundred uh, protesters marching through the neighborhood, and uh, got done about eight thirty at night. It was pretty loud, and it was really um, it was just. I just could not believe what happened. Um, I was watching it online, and it was uh, so disrespectful to the community and to our police officers. Well, um, I saw it as well, and uh, I saw a video of it. And the disrespect for our police officers, I just, I just couldn't even believe it. But, but Francoise, this is close to anarchy, what, what is going yeah. on here. Right. And um, so what do you think is going to happen? Isn't there going to be another uh, like kind of a counter protest this weekend at the there ice is. facility. Yeah, there is, and I, I just want to say, peaceful protest is constitutionally protected, and I don't have a problem with that. Um, this particular protest last evening crossed the line of decency, um, just in terms of the vile comments that were made to our police officers, um, and and I mean just cursing at them and trying to bait them into doing something so that, you know, then they would be able to um, to take action um, against them. It was just unbelievable. And the disrespect for the neighborhoods um, that, you know, people had to keep their children in. They couldn't even let them outside during that, um, that protest. Um, but, yes, there is another protest planned for Saturday that's going to be actually um, huge in numbers. And I'm concerned about that one as well, although it won't be in um, a neighborhood. It will be at the geo facility. Um, and I hope it will be a peaceful protest. I, I, the one thing, these are seem to become become very common now. And um, just in terms of the, the um, resources that the Aurora, uh, city of Aurora has to put forward is, is uh, staggering. We are going to um, have to pay overtime to our police officers. And um, and they've already spent hundreds of hours planning um, for the security at the event. So it's just a um, a huge amount of resources that are going into these type of things lately. Okay. Now, Francoise, have you uh, toured that facility by any chance? I did. What did you see I did there? Because we we had people um, that were um, coming to our council meetings and describing just um, horrendous acts, and I not only had read all the reports. But I decided I would tour the facility. So I did that probably five weeks ago, maybe six weeks ago. Um, 
it was not anything um, like what I saw in, in or what I had heard in terms of the narrative that was being put forward. Um, it was very, um, very well run facility. Um, they they um, let me go into where where some of the detainees are are housed, and um, are they, they being fed? Is it is it to clean? Three, three meals a day, very clean. They have, I, I believe, I remember that they, if they request additional snacks, they can get additional snacks. They, um, what, they have television? a office. Is there television? Yep. Computers? Video games, computers, television, library. Um, you know, I mean, nobody wants to be in a, in a facility, um, but... You know, it, it was not it was not like what they described it to be at all. Um, in fact, I would say probably better than our Arapahoe County Jail. Um, so um, and, and the average stay, I was told, was about 55 days um, for them to um, have a decision made as to if they were going to be deported or not. Um, so, yeah. Well, and Mike Rosen has a really important piece in Complete Colorado. He said that the... Um, that you know that your ICE detention center has gotten a lot of attention, and of course we've had you know these different protests. But he said the real problem, and I totally agree with him, is uh, is not these detention centers. It is the fact that our border is being deluged with all of these people from Central America, and the reason that they're they are fleeing. There's a couple of things. I think that there are actually groups from America that are trying to push these, uh, you know, get these people to come to the border to. To create the, you know, what we have here with uh, this whole narrative regarding, oh, uh, illegal immigration. So it's a political pawn for those particular folks, and I think there's people behind it. But I do understand if you are in a country where uh, the government is, uh, um, you know, socialist, communist, and you don't do very well as a regular person there, I would probably try to get out of there as well. Uh, so I, I understand that, but I think that this is something that is really being organized for a political purpose. And, of course, I think the ICE facility is being used as um, for politics as well. Francoise, though, you have personal experience uh, with communism, right? Well, not communism, no. Oh. Socialism. Or socialism. Okay, so Nazi stands for the National... Uh, socialist German work national national socialist German workers, workers party. party. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so tell us just a little bit about your experience or your family's experience. Yeah, and it's not mine; it's my my mom's experience. My mom lived under Nazi occupation um, as a child, and um, their entire family was was um, you know had to endure um, starvation during that time frame, and had planes flying overhead and been you know had to be thrown in the ditch at times when when uh, the planes were shooting down and and just a terrifying childhood and uh, she you know to this day um, you know those memories are, are instilled in her and uh, so the experiences of your mother's childhood is totally different than what you you saw when you toured the ice facility there in Aurora right well well, I guess I should back it up. I mean, some of the some of the people that that um, were they were comparing the detention center in Aurora to Nazi concentration camps, and um, and that's just ridiculous. I mean, there's absolutely no comparison to be made. Um, it, it, it's you know, it was just uh, to the atrocities that happened during that time frame. So, um, 
that that's what prompted me to go tour the facility. And, you know, if people have legitimate um, concerns about violations at these centers, um, certainly we want to hear about that and, and want to make sure that we can do what we can to solve it. It's it, First of all, it's not under um, the city of Aurora's jurisdiction. It's under the federal um, government's jurisdiction. So this is a, a private company that contracts with with ICE under the federal government. Um, so we have limited scope um, of, of any kind of, uh, you know, command or regulation or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they do work with Tri-County Health uh, to report their violations. And I know, um, you know, there was discussions that the vi- some there were outbreaks of um, some disease and that they weren't being reported. And, and uh, that's, you know, not 100% um, sure how how that was being communicated, but they have uh, changed protocols so that they're um, reporting that actually on a weekly basis with the Tri-County Health officials, and they have a weekly conference call. So, um, you know, they, they've tightened up some things that, uh, that people felt were um, in violation, and um, I mean, I just, like I said, I, what I saw was not what I had heard. Okay. Francoise, one other thing. You uh, are finishing up four years on Aurora City Council, and you are running for re-election. And uh, yes. I know that you care deeply about all people that are in your particular ward. And, and I laud you for going and, taking, uh, you know, going and taking that tour of the facility so that you know for sure, because I know that you search for truth and you care deeply yes. about the people that you represent. And so when is your election and how can people help you? Because you are, you have been just been a stalwart, excellent city councilwoman. Well, thank you. Um, yes, the election is November 5th and uh, ballots drop mid-October. Um, as you said, I, I was elected in 2015, so I've served almost now four years and people can find me at francoise for aurora.com and in this uh, four spelled out or is it the number four it's spelled out f-o-r so, so f-r-a-n-c-o-i-s-e-f-o-r-a-u-r-o-r-a.com okay so that's francoise for aurora.com francoise bergen thank you so much for giving us an update good luck this weekend because uh you know as you mentioned if there's legitimate concerns we want to have them yeah. addressed uh, i really think that another another thing is is if people are coming to america because they like the american idea maybe we should they we should export our founding documents over there to their country so that they can create something great as well so thank you so Very much true. francoise can i say one last thing sure please? Um, I just want to um, give a shout out to our Aurora police officers. They did a phenomenal job last night um, and had to, uh, you know, endure people cursing at them and and so forth and trying to bait them into doing something. And they were very professional. And I just commend them. They were. Um, I, I can't be more proud of of our officers. And uh, yes, thank you to our police officers, because one of the first things that Rick Turquest had mentioned is uh, the protection of life, liberty and property in our pursuit of happiness. And we can't do that if we have anarchy in the streets. And thank you to the Aurora Police Department for their good work on that. So, Francoise, thank you so much. And that's Francoise for Aurora.com. Thank you so much, Kim. Okay, thanks so much. Uh, We'll go to Jason McBride. Jason, how are you today? Oh, I, I'm awake. <laughs> well, I'm glad that. That's a good thing. And it is Friday, so congratulations. You made it. 
Yes, uh, and now it's only two more days till Monday, right? <laughs> Aren't you Mr. Optimist there? <laughs> no, no, I miss you over the weekend. <laughs> okay. You know, I, Friday hits, then I'm all depressed because I don't get to talk to you for two days. Okay, okay. Right? And that's true, that's true. And, and hey, we did that great Nuts and Bolts event over at uh, Water's Edge Winery on Monday night, but you guys have some other things that are happening with Presidential Wealth Management, right? Well, we do. Uh, there, there's been some uh, pretty... Pretty decent-sized changes to Social Security over the last couple of years. Uh, mainly, Kim, with uh, the way that they do spousal benefits. Uh, there's been some big changes there. Uh, it's kind of narrowed people's choices a little bit, uh, but made the decision on how to claim your benefits even more important, uh, especially if if you do have a spouse. Uh, also, you know, it may sound surprising, but there, there are actually some instances where if you started your benefit already, uh, it may make sense to, to stop it and, and then wait again. Uh, so that, that's another uh, kind of little-known thing with Social Security that could come in handy if, if you end up in that situation. So... Kim, we do have uh, several workshops on Social Security and also Medicare coming up over the next uh, month. Uh, I will be presenting at the one on October 1st, which is a Tuesday night at 6.30 p.m. So, of course, I would prefer that your, your <laughs> listeners sign up and come to that one. However, uh, probably most of your listeners are writing down right now, avoid October 1st. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we've got options. The classes are free. Uh, there's no high pressure or anything. And I'll, I'll tell you, we've been doing these for, gosh, it must be close to uh, nine, ten years now. Uh, I've had folks come up to me afterwards, Kim, and say, I've been to four or five different Social Security classes like this, and you guys' is by far the best. I learned more at yours than any other one. So I'll take that as a compliment, but also as a suggestion, uh, come to ours. Well, and I know personally, <clears throat> Jason, that the amount of time that you take just to research, you know, what we talk about on the show each day, uh, you're fastidious in, in your work on that. And so I am sure that this, you know, that these really are the best. And so that will be October 1st. Go to uh, chickspresidential.com to get all that information. It's chickspresidential.com and uh, your podcasts are there and all that information and be sure and sign up. Yep, that's right. If you go there up at the top, you'll see a little link that says classes and that's where you could see all the dates, the subjects, and you can sign up online or you could do it the old school way, which I think is great too. Just give us a call at 303 Six nine four sixteen hundred. Uh, but if you're going to call, you got to wait till seven thirty because uh, Natalie will be at the phone banks at seven thirty. Perfect. Okay, Jason. Well, you have a great weekend. I'm headed up to Grand Lake for U.S. Constitution Week, so that should yeah. be pretty darn cool. And we will talk to you on Monday. All right, Kim. Have a great show. Thank you. And uh, when we come back, Rick Turnquest is in studio. Uh, this important piece that you've done on taxation and wealth. There's two ways to make money. Uh, one is to do something uh, that creates value where people will willingly trade their hard-earned dollars. The other way is to use public policy or taxation or a weapon to take other people's stuff. And so this is a really important piece. And, and it all comes down to the same thing, 
freedom versus force. And when government takes your money, it's it's with a weapon because the ultimate threat is that if you don't pay your taxes, you'll be deprived of your uh, your freedom at the point of a gun. Okay, so let's go to break. We'll be right back. This is Kim Munson. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Karen Levine believes in homeownership. Because of Karen's love of dogs, Karen volunteers with GUR, Golden Retriever Rescue of the Rockies, helping Golden Retrievers find their forever homes. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by Kim Munson. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. In Fort Collins, attend Vino and Veritas at Ginger and Baker. Kim Munson would like to thank Presidential Wealth Management Loveland, Presidential Wealth Management Greenwood Village, Tina Francone with Straightforward Shooting, and Grand Lake U.S. Constitution Week for their generous support. Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Sign up today. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on AmeriChicks.com. Welcome back. I am Kim Munson. Let's have a conversation. And what we're always talking about is freedom versus force. And uh, surveys show that Americans like freedom. Yes, we do, Kim. And uh, unfortunately, our our school systems don't seem to teach freedom very well these days. Not these days. Uh, when people think that the purpose of government is to solve every every problem in life instead of what the purpose of government really is, which is to protect life, liberty, and property. And uh, Kim, you and I are, you know, before we go into before we go into what we're going to talk about today, I want to just one comment on one thing, and that's, you know, we just were on the phone with uh, Councilwoman uh, Francoise Bergen from Aurora, and she she didn't call the protest last night what it is, but in my opinion, it's, it's a form of terrorism to go into a neighborhood and intimidate the families of the, and the neighbors of the warden of this facility, which is not by any stretch of the imagination a concentration camp, and not only to try to intimidate the warden, but also to intimidate his wife and, and, and family. And the neighbors. Like and the neighbors. And uh, so, you know, Legitimate peaceful pro- protest certainly has its place in, in American life, but this is domestic terrorism. It is domestic terrorism, and uh, the founders uh, realized that that is not okay. Steve, you had a comment. Well, to, to what you're just saying just now, Rick, when I first, first I read the story on what Patty provides us, and I jumped over to uh, Fox 31's website to actually see what, how they covered it. And the very first question that came to mind when you see the video, did they have a permit to demonstrate why and if so how does the city of aurora allow for a permit in a neighborhood instead of you know usually demonstrations are in public places well i think it did start in a public place i think and then they they oh, went from there they moved. so so in essence they um and many times you see this that they they take the rules and they bend them and they push them and so I think it did start in a public place and then they they went went to uh, terrorize this neighborhood and and in America if you have a concern 
there's ways to go about that. That's one of the things about the Constitution. And I've been looking for this quote uh, because what we are seeing, and Rick, you alluded to our education system, uh, is letting us down. It, we're not teaching the Constitution. We're, and, and many times, I mean, there's many fine teachers, many, many fine teachers. But we've seen overall the education system has been hijacked by uh, a few very vocal, progressive, in a way, terrorism. You also have even seen this with teachers' unions, that they do the same thing to many of the other teachers. And so many teachers just don't don't stand up and say anything because they just want to teach kids and, you know, keep their nose to the grindstone and do what they do. But this has been attributed to Lincoln. However, what he really said is that uh, this has been what's been attributed. He said, America will never be destroyed from the outside. If we falter and lose our freedoms, it will be because we destroyed ourselves. And uh, what he actually said, though, because he, he, uh, let's, oh, gosh, I had it right here. Hold on. Uh, Here we go. Uh, He said, at what point then, this is Abraham Lincoln, at what point then is the approach of danger to be expected? I answer, if it ever reach us, it must spring up amongst us. It cannot come from abroad. If destruction be our lot, we must ourselves be its author and finisher. As a nation of free men, we must live through all time or die by suicide. That's profound. And so I know, I know many, well, not many, but I know, you know, I, I know several t- uh, people who are teachers and they're fine people. And, you know, I, I can uh, name two uh, in my recent experience that I know uh, are, are contemplating leaving the profession because they are, uh, they just can't take the progressive uh, tilt of the schools anymore. Um, when they, you know, I, I had one person re- described to me recently how they had to attend a uh, seminar on white privilege. And, um, you know, it's, this is what our teachers are being indoctrinated with. And it's in, in turn what they're indoctrinating our students with. So they're not teaching American history. They're not teaching the Federalist Papers. They're not teaching the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence. They're teaching the Howard Zinn version of history, which is, which is distorted and, and, and uh, false. Okay, so this, and this will go right into your piece then regarding taxation. So public education, the founders believed that, that education was really important. And uh, I'm not sure that they really thought that we needed to pay for it from a public, public standpoint, but, but they felt that education was so important so that we understood where we come from, where we were going, and we, we don't see that happening. But this has been diabolically brilliant. So we have public education now. And you have done research on it. The amount of money that is going into public education is astonishing. So our money is being taken from us. And then it is going to be funded to push forward this indoctrination. And then that's one of the reasons why these school board elections are so important. But uh, you know what? We... We've got to get to your piece because this is so important. Let's go ahead and get this set up because we'll be going to break in just a moment. Go to Americhicks.com and Rick's piece is there, Taxation and Wealth. And uh, let's go ahead and jump in here, Rick. Okay, well, I'm going to start off with uh, one of my Freedom versus Force flashcards from uh, Leadership Program of the Rockies, which, uh, of which you and I are both graduates. Mm-hmm. And uh, congratulations to the uh, newly selected class of 2020. 20. 2020. Um, yeah. Um, you, you all are in for a great experience and I'm, I'm a little bit jealous of you, but uh, <laughs> when we talk about f- private property, there's a force view and there's a freedom view. The force view of the source of wealth is that wealth is not created. It simply exists. Equality requires the equal distribution of wealth. A purpose of government is to take from those who have too much, 
whoever defines that, and give it to those who have too little. Whereas on the freedom... Can I just make a comment? Certainly. And many of those uh, PBIs, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties that are in the business of taking, you know, this narrative, taking from one person and giving to another... They take a cut as the money goes by. Yeah, it's amazing how the wealthiest counties in America are those one are those surrounding Washington D.C. and how Bernie Sanders, who's been in public life all his life, owns three homes and is a millionaire. So anyway, the source of wealth is wealth must be created. On the freedom side, we believe wealth must be created, and it's created by producing goods and services that others value. Protection of personal property fuels the natural human incentive to create. The ultimate source of all wealth and value is the human mind. When the mind thinks and creates new things like iPhones that human beings find useful, wealth and value are created. So when I, in my post here, I tried to start with the, with the moral uh, principle underlying uh, human life on earth. And the fact of the matter is, you know, we humans have to live by our minds. You know, we're and we we have to use our minds to go out into the world and acquire uh, and acquire wealth. And the way that wealth is acquired is through creation of value. And the more value you create, the more wealth you're able to accumulate. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, Jeff Bezos created a company that increases the productivity and the free time, Steve, <laughs> of everybody in America or the world even. Um, and he's fabulously re- wealthy as a result, but the, his wealth is only a fraction of the value that, that he's created. And uh, there's also ways that people can, that wealth can be taken from people. And that is through, you know, poor judgment, you know, you make a bad investment or you give it away or you have government come to you and say, you have to give us this money. And, and in the United States, so I would kind of run through some of the, uh, some of the different types of taxes there are. There's a list of several that I, and I could have even gone, you know, gone on. There's more than, than what I've just listed here. Um, you know, in, income taxes, sales taxes, excise taxes, estate taxes, luxury taxes, severance taxes, <laughs> on and on, so forth and so on. And fees. And fees, yeah. And well, and that, you know, this is, you know, kind of, you talked about politicians earlier and bureaucrats' interest parties. In Colorado, thanks to the taxpayers' Bill of Rights, uh, the politicians and bureaucrats and interest parties have to ask us permission to impose or raise taxes. But in order to get around that, they, they're coming up with these things that are enterprises and they're funded through premiums or fees. So it's a, it's a attempt at using language to evade the spirit and intent of our, of our constitution. And it's dishonest. It's deceptive. It's a lie. So, um, so, you know, be that as it may be, um, I want to talk about our, our Colorado budget. And, you know, we, we looked at why Tabor matters. We looked at why budgets matter. Um, you know, I, I put in the blog here the sources of, uh, of our state uh, revenues. And, you know, fully 91% of our state general fund revenues in this, in this year's budget come from two sources. Sales and use taxes, which generate about $3 billion, and the individual income tax, which generates $8 billion or 65% of the total. So Colorado's state government is highly addicted to uh, income taxes. And uh, the, the progressives that are running the state government you know, are just avid to raise our taxes. Mm-hmm. And thank God for Tabor, because if it weren't for Tabor, we'd be, we'd be experiencing uh, higher tax rates right now. To that point, uh, pre- um, 
Governor Hickenlooper, before he left office, took a big swipe at trying to get rid of Tabor. And uh, there's going to be something on the ballot this November, Proposition CC, which is a, a question to take away our tax refunds. And, and Tabor, the Taxpayer Bill of Rights, does allow government to grow at a generous formula of population plus inflation. But anything above that, uh, those refunds are supposed to come back to us. And so the language on that is really deceptive. And, you know, if you're being dishonest with me on something, right there, right there I say no. But it says without raising taxes, well, if you keep money that is due to me, you are raising taxes. So it's very deceptive. Yeah, they keep saying it's not a tax increase, but it really is. What what the language of the um, initiative is that, well, let's back up. Excess revenues are means that the government has taken too much of your money and and they need it, to pay you back and they need to pay you back and it may be only 10 20 bucks a person but it's still your money you earned it it's your property and the government needs to give it back to you now they can ask you to keep it and that's fine and if you want to let them keep it that's great but they owe it to you so it is if they keep that money that is a tax increase because it is increasing the taxes that you've paid and to that point on Proposition CC, as you mentioned, if you want to give your money, keep, say to the government, you can keep our tax refunds, that's fine. But they're asking for perpetuity, and I think it's immoral to, uh, to uh, say that, they, that uh, the next generation doesn't have the right to say yes or no on that. So Proposition CC, vote no on that. Rick, let's go to break. Uh, this is going to go way too quickly. I know we're going to have you back again, but all important stuff. Rick Turnquest, your important piece, and, and if you're home... Go to Americhicks.com because Rick has all the tables here, and you can totally get your brain around this. So uh, we'll be right back. This is Kim Munson with Rick Turnquist in studio. Are you looking for news, not propaganda? Ready for a news source you can actually trust? How about a news site that doesn't want to sell you a subscription? Visit CompleteColorado.com to see all the latest news from around Colorado. Complete Colorado's staff scours news sources from around the state and nation to bring you only the top stories that affect you right here in our great state. Updated three times a day, CompleteColorado.com has full-time reporters doing original investigations and reporting like newspapers used to do, as well as opinion and political commentary from a variety of Colorado voices. And CompleteColorado.com is the only place to read columnist Mike Rosen. Always fresh content, always free, always informed. CompleteColorado.com, your complete source for Colorado news. This week at the 88 Drive-In Theater, enjoy three scary movies under the stars, all for only $9. It, It, Chapter 2, and Scary Stories. Admission includes all three features. Monday through Thursday, don't forget the very popular pizza special. And new on the menu, try a churro with a cup of hot cocoa. The 88 Drive-In Theater is open every night of the week, so get directions now at the 88 Drive-In Facebook page or 88drivein.net. Welcome back. I am Kim Munson. Let's have a conversation with Rick Turnquest. Go to my website, americhicks.com, if you're not driving, and uh, pull this up, this important piece on taxes and wealth. And uh, the, just the list of taxes here, it's amazing to me that we are as prosperous as we are. And as generous as we are. Americans are the most generous people on earth, and we give a lot of money to charity, and that's all after-tax money. After the government's taken, it's it's cut by force. So... Um, you know, it's, and we're it, not saying no taxes. We're saying limited taxes. We're saying taxes should be limited to to legitimate government functions, and uh, and the best taxes are the ones that are broad based and low rate, 
so that everybody pays them equally. Everybody has and, skin in the game. Yep. And uh, you know, an example of that is a sales tax and, or a business franchise tax, which are you know low rate, broad based, um, and 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 fair to everybody. Um, now, sales taxes you could argue are regressive because you know lower income people pay more of a percentage of their income in sales taxes, uh, but it's still a, a broad based tax. Now, ind- individual income taxes are another thing, and if they're a flat tax like we have in Colorado, then it's more fair than. If we have a what's a so-called progressive income tax, which is has different tax brackets, and in my blog I have a a list of all a table that shows all the tax brackets for 2019, and and so this is is this uh, Colorado? Um, this is the federal okay. because Colorado is a flat tax. Oh, got it. Okay, and so you know basically what this shows is that a single person over you know at their 204 101st dollar of income they're paying uh uh 35% and and that's a th- you know over a third of the of the money they've earned uh to the federal government and so you know progressive and that's one thing the the, the progressives have tried to uh impose on us in Colorado is a progressive income tax and we used to have one when the uh this is a little fun fact when I was digging into um, the history of taxation in Colorado. Um, I learned that the last time the Democrats had full control of the state government like they do now was 1936. And in that year, they, they actually passed a, re- a bill to put an income tax on the ballot to become a part of our Constitution. And um, unfortunately, the voters of that day um, passed that. And uh, so the income tax was uh, put into our constitution. And when it started, it was a progressive income tax. It had several different tax brackets. And over the years, uh, you know, those tax brackets changed for um, about the 1949 to 1959. uh, It was 10%. The top tax rate was 10%. And then uh, in 1987, the the Colorado legislature uh, passed a bill which put it at a flat 5%. Uh, the Republicans controlled the General Assembly that year, but the bill was still signed into law by a Democrat, uh, Roy Romer. And then uh, that tax rate was 5% was lowered to 4.63, which is what it is now because of Tabor. There was a Tabor surplus. They lowered the tax rate because uh, the state was collecting uh, excess revenues. And it's been at 4.63 ever since this last session. Um, Jerry Sonnenberg, I believe it was, uh, and another sponsor, I don't remember, had a bill to reduce our income tax rate to 4.49. But, you know, in the progressive controlled uh, legislature we have now, that chance didn't have a snowball's (laughs) chance in Hades. So, um, but this all, you know, led me to, um, I was at a, I was at a LPR event, uh, last year or two. And, and one of our keynote speakers was Arthur Laffer and, you know, you mentioned him at the top of the show. Mm-hmm. He's a, you know, renowned economist and, uh, he, along with, uh, three other gentlemen, uh, wrote a book that was called an inquiry into the nature and causes of the wealth of states. And I bought the book and, didn't get around to reading it until uh, just recently when I was looking at all this Tabor and budget stuff. And I read the book, and it's just fascinating because what they do is they take a look at states that implemented an income tax subsequent to 1960 and compare them to the states that don't have it any income tax at all. And there's actually nine states in America that do not have any kind of income tax. And in every respect. And if you want to move there, I'm just going to say this. If you want to move there and sell your house here, call Karen Levine at 303-877-7516. Yes, right. And talk to Jason McBride about your uh, plans. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, 
so the states that have zero income taxes uh, have fared better economically in many respects, and in some cases all respects, than the states that have income taxes. And it's a fascinating book. And in, in, in the blog post I hear, I, I put in some, uh, some tables that show, that show, that support that fact. And, you know, chapter one of the book kind of reviews the economic results of the selected states in more detail. And just as an example, you know, the states that implemented the income tax uh, in post-1960, they're mostly eastern states, Connecticut, New Jersey, Ohio, Rhode Island, uh, Pennsylvania, Maine, Illinois, Nebraska, Michigan, Indiana, and West Virginia. Their tax rates all started at a low, you know, 1%, 1.5%. You know, six percent, whatever, um, and now, and without exception, their tax rates have gone up. Their population has gone down. Their gross state product has gone down, and their state and local tax revenues, ironically, have also gone down. And the quality of their public services have gone down. And the and then in the states that don't have income tax, and there's another chapter where they compare nine states with income taxes to nine states that don't have income taxes, and every um, in every respect, they're doing better. They also look at uh, a couple other factors besides just taxation. Uh, they they look at um, states that have right to work laws or you know freedom to work states. Um, unfortunately, Colorado is not one of those states. And then they also look at states that have uh, minimum wages, and the states that have uh, minimum wages higher than the federal minimum wage do poorer economically than the states that don't have higher minimum wages. And we're looking at a forced minimum wage hike here in Colorado. Yeah, it's really unfortunate that the city of Denver has decided to make it illegal to hire entry-level workers, uh, you know, which is, you know, uh, you know, younger people, teenagers, and, and uh, disproportionately uh, minority people. So there's, there's lots of studies out there that have uh, studied the effects of minimum wages. And I know there's some that say minimum wages are good, but the preponderance of, of evidence is that the minimum wage increases are bad. And we've seen it in Seattle and in other cities where restaurants, uh, you know, lay people off or cut hours or, or go out of business altogether. And I think we're going to see that in Denver. And it's, it's really just unfortunate that uh, the progressive uh, city council in Denver has, uh, has gone this direction. And when we talk about young people, Idle hands are the devil's workshop. And and so having a job and having some place you have to go and get that job, you know, keeps you out of trouble. That's right. And, and you know, we have a lot of pathologies related to crime uh, in minority communities. And, and part of that is because those people aren't able to find jobs because, you know, they don't have the skills or the experience to be able to, to be of value to an employer. And, and now they can't get that entry-level job right. where they will learn yeah. those things. And so, you know, I, I went to work for minimum wage when I was a teenager in, in uh, the state of New Jersey, and I wasn't at minimum wage for long. And, and uh, you know, the fact of the matter is minimum wage jobs aren't for people who are supporting families. It is incumbent upon us to use our minds to acquire skills and knowledge so that we can increase our value to an employer or open our own business and and create wealth that way. You know, and to that point, Rick, this has gone too fast. We're just about out of time. But Jason McBride uh, had gone to a uh, convenience store one morning before he, you know, came in to co-host with me. And the guy that was working the night shift was working so hard. He uh, was cheerful, and Jason just thought he was really, really awesome. Next thing you know, a few times later when Jason goes, the guy's the manager uh, or one of the managers because he was doing a job well. Mm -hmm. So your final thought. Uh, My final thought is read my blog. uh, Think about it. Please uh, 
study and, and vote no on Proposition CC and, uh, and, and just think about how much money you personally are paying in taxes and, and are you getting a good return on your investment? And this is an important piece. The amount of work that you put into these pieces that we publish together is just amazing. So go to americhicks.com. You can see it there. You also are, are linked on Complete Colorado. Congratulations on that as well. Thank you, Kim. Okay, our quote for today in honor of you is Arthur Laffer again. He says, and you can't have a prosperous economy when the government is way overspending, raising tax rates, printing too much money, overregulating, and restricting free trade. It just can't be done, Rick. So thank you for being here. Thank you, Kim. It's great to have you. So today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America. Through the mountains climbing, twisting, turning further from my home. Young. <laughs>